0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. My next guest, Kelly Namiro's mission is to help women know that they're not alone and that they can feel better in their bodies and minds. Kelly is a certified health coach and founder of Wellness by Kelly. Knowing how daunting it is to take your health into your own hands, Kelly provides help to her community in an affordable and sustainable way to set women up for success in their personal health journeys. She finds her purpose and fulfillment in helping women find a sense of balance in their life and to feel better than they ever have. Kelly has numerous certifications and accreditations, including my favorite, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Welcome. Thank you. What an intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, it's good work you do. We need support as women. And we do silently struggle quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, you know, hopefully going to change in generations to come. Um, We'll be more open about certain discussions like menopause, for example, um, the silent struggle of that or um, raising teenagers and, you know, feeling alone in that situation, like you just don't fit in. And a lot of things that moms go through that are very, it's particular to the female traditional
1: kind of role in the household hundred percent. I feel like not only do we silently struggle with things like you were talking about, like menopause or irregular periods or infertility that are medically based, but we also struggle with so many of these things that we feel shameful talking about, whether it's raising teenagers or Mm -hmm. it is this perfectionist mentality that we have to do it all right, that we have to show up in all the places all the time or whatever the case may be, or body image, like that's a big one that a lot of my clients deal with. All of that mindset stuff can have a huge impact on also how we're feeling in our bodies. And so I think being open, being vulnerable and being able to have these types of conversations is my favorite thing in the world because it allows us all to know that we're not alone.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Sharing stories is really important. And Gaining knowledge, you know, obviously is power. And so I think as much as we share uh, some of those taboo things that we weren't really able to embrace, the more we share them now, the better off the generations behind us will be in understanding that sort of thing. So let's, let's kick it off because, you know, we're kindred health coaches and, you know, you've obviously taken your, you know, certification and you've done much more, you know, in terms of connecting with people Mm one-on-one. And I want to talk, I was excited to have have you on for number one, that you're a kindred soul, but number, but number two is, is that people don't really understand the role of a health coach. And so, you know, I call myself an inactive health coach because I have a nutritional supplement brand and I try to do kind of bigger, like, uh, health coaching. Like I'd like to do like a health coaching Instagram live with like a hundred people. You know what I mean? Like that would be like just giving away, asking any question I could like fire it at me a million times over. And, and we should do one of those together, in fact, fun. Um, because it, wouldn't that be so fun? Don't you just because I also get very fulfilled with sharing the knowledge that I have and that I don't. But I arrived here at 52 years old, you know, not because I had this like squeaky clean existence, but because I, you know, I failed or I had troubles or I had false starts or I was on a yo-yo situation with either a goal I was trying to make or a, a goal with weight I was trying to make, you know, understanding all that. So let's back it up. Kel and tell them how you started and what was your aha moment that you were like, flip the switch that you said, there's more information that I'm getting about food and nutrition and fueling my body and, and putting my ego aside and what society always says we're supposed to be and really walking in my own power, which is my own truth.
1: So first of all, I have to say, I love that work in your experience. And I love that you're like a certified health coach as well. And even, you know, because and sharing what you do on this podcast. I think that is so amazing because it, no matter what you do with the certification, it helps so many people yes. in a variety of different ways. Um, so for me, the way that I kind of got into this was, I was really struggling with my thyroid um, and I didn't even know it was a thyroid issue back way back when Um, I was 23. I had just gotten out of college. I was living in this body that I was so hard on and constantly on that exact yo-yo of like, okay, if I lose this amount of weight, then I'll be perfect. Then I'll be confident Then I'll be good enough. And so I was starving my body. I was over-exercising, which was just making the thyroid issue worse and I would go to doctors and they would say, eat less, exercise more. And I'm like, okay. And so I would do those things. And finally, a few years in, it was just, I was completely burnt out. I couldn't do it anymore. I was exhausted. And so I had seen someone at the time I was should also say I was working a corporate job while I had an Instagram that I ran with my sister that was about fashion, which I was not passionate about. I was just like, Oh, okay. This will be fun to do with my sister. (laughs) And I was on there all the while being like, Oh, here I am like drinking celery juice. This is helping with my thyroid. I was, um, saying, Oh, I'm doing like this type of workout. This is helping me feel better. But I didn't feel confident sharing that in a way that was like the way that I do now because right. I didn't have the knowledge. It was just like, this works for me, but I don't know if it'll work
0: for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the truth. Cause you know, some things we are bio We learn that in our school yes. together and that what works for me may not work for you, but I want to back up just for one second. Yeah. Cause the thyroid is a sneaky little sucker. Mm-hmm. And just because you did deal with it, I'd like to just for you to tell people, what are some of the symptoms or signs that they should be looking for? Because a lot of times thyroid issues do go undiagnosed and for, for having a thyroid issue in your, you know, your youth, in your twenties, you know, that's kind of a different issue. And you'll talk about that, but I do want to mention to, to women in their fifties after menopause, your thyroid can also slow its function. And sometimes you need a boost of some thyroid medication, but can
1: you just share a little bit about the thyroid particularly? For sure. For sure. I think this is a really great conversation. Um, I, I talk to clients about this all the time and it's interesting because about, of them will go undiagnosed because a lot of labs aren't looking at the proper reference ranges. Doctors aren't willing to run the proper tests. Um, There are certain tests, which we can go into that too. Um, That's a whole different conversation that do need to be run to get the full picture of what is going on with your thyroid. But if you, and typically thyroid issues, like you said, are seen either after menopause or a lot of times after people um, have babies and they, our postpartum, that's when we'll see yeah. these show up. For me, it was in my 20s. So you may see things like hair loss, feeling cold all the time, feeling really moody, weight that you cannot lose, no matter how hard you exercise. Those are the few of the things, like my husband will tell you, I was super irritable and just so grumpy <laughs> all the time. I My digestion was so off. I, my The outer thirds of my eyebrows were thinning, my hair was falling out. And so I knew something was wrong. Um, I just couldn't get someone to diagnose it properly. for Yeah.
0: Interesting. The body is such an incredible thing And, and it does tell us the things that we need to know by way of our skin, by way of our hair, our nails, our sleep patterns, our weight loss or weight gain, you know? So when these things are happening, yeah. I love that you said you were really hard on yourself and hard on your body. I think we all are at a certain time in our life. I think actually as we age, we get a little softer on ourselves. I think we recognize, you know, that everything in life is going to be okay. as terrible as it is. It all kind of turns out okay. But, um, you know, you have to go through those hard knocks, you know what I mean? In in order to, to understand what they are. But I think when it comes to health and wellness, as a health coach, our jobs as health coaches are really to be a conduit between the patient and the doctor, So for for the listeners, obviously Kelly knows this (laughs) because a lot of times we're not asking the right questions or we leave. And the doctor says to Kelly, well, just eat less and exercise more. And there's something more in between that, that a health coach can help discover. So, so thank you for talking a little bit about the thyroid. So, so now you realize that you needed to start to act
1: as your own advocate and make a change for yourself. So take us where you went from there. Yeah. So I recognize like, Hey, like, okay. The the doctors are either telling me to eat less and exercise more, or they're telling me, okay, you don't get, you're not, you haven't gotten your period for six months. Oh, just get on birth control. Okay. No, that's not the right answer because that's not a real period. You're not ovulating then. And so I had to do some research on my own. And that was, like I said, when I started sharing more on my Instagram that I was doing with my sister, even though it was a fashion Instagram, people were really relating. They're like, oh, I'm chronically bloated I don't feel like I have any energy I feel like I'm super moody and it's like that was how I started to connect with people and I was like you know what I need to do something to figure out how I can share information that I'm researching and learning in a really confident way that um makes me like accredited and so I went to IIN I got my certification um this is when I was 28 I had no idea I was going to actually become a health coach. I thought I was just going to go and like talk about it on Instagram. No. So now here I am like three years later, I see private clients. I have a membership program. I have an online digital course. um, and it all kind of just started to grow through that process of going to IIN. And I think that my mindset around so many different things changed through that as well. Like knowing that my worth wasn't, dictated by the size of my body and so many different things. There were so many things that I learned through all of those experiences that were so valuable.
0: Now you, so you didn't know at the time it was your thyroid that was out of whack, but you were trying to make lifestyle changes. Right. So, which made your condition much worse. So you were, you know, um, eating meat and dairy, right. That were inflaming and issue, you know, making your issue worse that you didn't even realize, like that was something that you couldn't do. And there came a point though, where it was like your breaking point, like just when you were ready to give up, right. Just when you're ready to give up, something happened and you figured out a way to be gentler, kinder
1: with yourself, with your body. What was that pivot point? So that pivot point for me was when I was in, this is so funny, but I was in bed with my husband and like, he like went upstairs to his office. This was right before we were married. And, um, can, he came back downstairs and I, he caught me like binging food and he's like, and he had never known that, that I was the type to like binge restrict, do any of that stuff before. And I had like, was hoarding stuff. And bed he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, holy moly, this is a low point because like I was starving myself throughout the day. And then I felt like crap. And I was like, I need to ask someone else for help. Like right. before this is before I even went to IIN. I was like, I need to ask someone for help. And that was actually kind of the catalyst to that kind of shot me into I because I didn't even know what a health coach was. And so when I hired one, I was like, wow, this is so helpful. Like this person is telling me what labs I should ask for. This person is That's- telling me how to change my mindset around things. This person is spending so much more time with me than a doctor ever would. Right. Um, And it completely transformed my life. And so me seeing my own coach was really an an inspiration in, in getting the the proper health. And when I, it, it was just like someone who I had also followed on Instagram for a long time. I always felt like she was just speaking to me. And so I was like, this is the perfect person. I need to hire this person to see what she has to say. And it worked magic.
0: So a couple of things I want to talk about where it's the right time to reach out. First of all, there's no wrong time to reach out to a health coach because they're always going to be a conduit to get you if you, unless you're perfectly happy in your life and everything's great, you know, then don't fix it if it ain't broke. If you are struggling with weight loss, if you have health conditions or know something's wrong innately and you just can't get the answer. What I loved about you is I could, you have an online program, you have a web, you know, you don't have to live in your town to see you. Yeah. Um, but I think some of the things that happen is, is that we don't understand or we forget that we change as we age. We evolve. We're never the same person. You're not the same person. Your husband married and you're, he's not the same person. We change as human beings. But yet we still want to fit into our seventh grade genes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> This is so good. <laughs> right? And so that that happened to me and I I evolve with growth hopefully every single day but even with myself I realized how hard I was on myself just recently I had a retreat and I have been gaining weight and I can't figure out what I and I'm a health coach right but when you're it's so so hard to assess and analyze yourself that you need to have like every therapist will tell you they go to a therapist. Yeah. So, you know, you need to have an outlet. So and I was having a thyroid issue, but my thyroid's now balanced out. And I have now, and you know, my estrogen is in a good place. Like at first it was hormonal and it was like menopausal weight gain. So now I have to say, okay, whatever was working for you before is not working anymore. You can't hang it on your thyroid. You can't hang it on your estrogen. I'm gaining weight and, and I got to figure it out. And I know in my heart, Kelly, what it is. And sometimes we just don't want to accept the truth. We think we're still looking, even though I know better, I'm still looking for that silver bullet. You know, yeah. what's that going to silver answer going to be? And the bottom line is it's been a treacherous winter and I'm not exercising as much as I normally do. So my food intake has stayed the same. I eat the same things, but I'm gaining weight because I'm not moving my body like I used to. So I need to just address the adjustment. Either I got to move more or eat less. That's it. And until I figure that out, I'm not, I'm going to stay heavy or that I'd like to be. Right
1: you know and what I mean? That we need someone, a lot of times we just need someone to tell us like, Hey, like, this is how you hold your, yourself accountable. This is how you're sabotaging yourself. This is how you're getting your in your own way, and yeah. even I to this day still have ways of getting in my own way. The work that we do on ourselves and our mindset is never done. Like for me, it's being busy. Like no one is busy unless they want to be busy. And so I'll I would be all the time like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so busy. And it's like yeah. it was a way of protecting myself from feeling how I actually wanted to feel. Same thing with like what you're saying about working out. You know, having that like as you know that there's excuses that you're making there you know that there's an underlying issue it's just about getting out of your own way and actually showing up to do it um and so i think that it's so important i think it's also really important to recognize um something that you said which is in different seasons of life we are meant to change we are meant to evolve we are meant to we are not going to be the same size that we were when we were in high school. We are going to, like, if we have kids or our bodies change, like, it's, and it's okay to accept that. And I think that a lot of times we get into this self, self, negative self talk loop where. The criticism is so harsh. And if we can understand what the basic human need is underneath the criticism, like, do I just want to be accepted? Do I just want to be loved? Just do I just want to be taken care of in this moment? Why am I being so hard on myself? Then we can have this honesty and come to ourselves with self-compassion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's beautifully said because the other thing that's a problem that we run into now is this, you know, this kind of like selfie generation, this me too, you know, like not me too, look at me, I should say this, look at me, you know, generation where we're constantly comparing ourselves. So I think, you know hormones is a big white space in, in, you know, women's health that I want to talk about while I'm with you. But the other thing I want to touch on is your fashion background. So you had, you know, a passion for it. It wasn't like it was in your life's calling, but like fashion called on you and the the, the combination of uh, positive body image and health coaching and fashion tend to you know live on totally different different sides of the fence and you know I remember when I launched my own business after working for Jennifer Lopez and Beyonce Knowles some of the most beautiful women in the world but they were curvy so they were like breaking the barrier for all different body shapes to be accepted you know when I was growing up it was the skinny white model on the cover of all the magazines you know and I was literally watching a Bruno video with my daughter the other day and it showed this lady's tushy I was the perfect tushy I've never seen a more perfect tushy in my life and I said to Ella I go oh my god I stopped I go look at that ass I go I I don't think my ass ever looked that good do you know what I mean like Ella's like I know my daughter's 15 she's like I don't think my butt looks that good mom either I you know this woman had perfect DNA for the perfect tushy I could do as many squats as I was going to do. I would never have that olive brown skin, butt. you know what I mean? And so I think that when we are comparing ourselves constantly to other people, You know what I mean? I think we really get ourselves in trouble. And I think it's been an ongoing issue that women especially have. And now men are facing it, too. Come on. You know what I mean? You look at not only it used to just be Hollywood that we had to try to keep up, but now it's everybody on Instagram filtering, airbrushing, touching. And these unrealistic goals for us are just like being happy with what we offer. I mean, I do like to see the diversity in Hollywood and like let's just, you know, kudos to Beanie Feldstein, who's, you know what I mean? And, you know, on Broadway and and, and different body shapes and types and you know, beauty being in all walks of life. I, I'm so excited about seeing that because now people can see people that look
1: more like them. Right. Yes. So I mean how do you feel about that? I'm so grateful that it's changing. And I think that there. I'm so grateful that to see different types of bodies, because even like, I feel like even when I was in college 10 years ago, it was this unrealistic standard of beauty. That was the one size fits all like, this is what you have to look like. And if you're not this thing, then you are, but I do still like, especially from the work that I do with clients, I still feel like there is this pressure that like if you are thinner, then life will be better? Yeah. And like it's such a hard Trap to get ourselves out of because we have been so conditioned by this diet culture, whether it's people you're following, like you said, on social media and looking at airbrushing and looking at their highlight reel, or it's your coworker or your neighbor or your friend telling you, Hey, I just started this diet and I feel so much better. You should do this diet. You'll feel so much better. You, It's like this pressure of constantly comparing ourselves when we, all we need to do to have confidence is to learn to trust our own bodies and to trust our own experiences. It's so, we're so much better off that way. And that was the one thing that learning to eat more intuitively and exercise more intuitively taught me was to trust myself more um, because I never did going, growing up, like through, my early twenties, like when I was at the height of my eating disorder, um, that was also another thing that was really fueling my thyroid problem. Yes, right. Um, that makes I, sense. I wasn't up, um, mm-hmm. And it was a drain on my adrenals. But um, when I was, you know, constantly looking outside of myself for all of the answers for what diet I should do and what exercise I should do and all that was also when I was the most unhappy. But when I started to listen to myself and trust myself more and to be more comfortable, like this is what my body is. And this is what, what she looks like when I give her what she needs. So I feed her the right foods. I give her the exercise she needs because that's going to change every single day. That was when I started to not only be happier, but also my hormones became rebalanced. So it's this holistic thing, which is, what we learn as health coaches, right? It's not just like, it's not just the physical piece.
0: No, right. It's everything. We call it a full plate that it has to be your, what you're eating. Yes. But you could be putting leafy greens in your mouth all day long and be miserable. And so like, that's not, that's not leading a happy, fulfilling life. Do you want to shop for one of my favorites? Shop Farity brand. It's one of my favorite go-to brands to buy and wear. They have that kind of effortless style you want every time you go digging in your closet. That set, that shirt, that dress that you reach for every time. They have gorgeous prints that look vintage and pieces that feel like you've had them for years but fit so well, they feel like they were made only yesterday and just for you. That's Verity. And what's more, they're a family-run brand. Together, they make high-quality, timeless clothing with fun, modern designs and functionality. And they give back, too. Highlighting artisans from all walks of life, showering us with community and integrity, from the fit to the quality, the detail in their designs, and the functionality of their pieces that have become some of my favorites, fitting so comfortably into my life and my style. In fact, Faraday's so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. And Faraday's giving all my heart listeners 20% off. That's 20% off right now. Just head to FaradayBrand.com slash in my heart and use the code in my heart at checkout to snag 20% off all your new spring staples. That's code in my heart at F-A-H-E-R-T-Y ybrandcom slash in my heart for 20% off FaradayBrand.com. Slash in my heart and use the code in my heart at checkout. Now back to my show. One of the most important themes that he's coming back in this podcast is really trusting yourself and trusting your gut and, and that intuition and that instinct. That's true because like I had to break it down for myself. It took me a while to get there. Cause I was in denial. Like I kept thinking it was something else. Cause I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like dealing with the fact that I either had to work out more or eat less, to be honest. Like I would, I just was, I didn't want to deal with it, but I also didn't want to deal with the weight gain because I find there's a happy place for me where I know I'm doing the right thing and I know I'm feeling my best. And I and when I fall off of that happy place because there's been a wedding or I've just had friends over, I've done something else, I know I've got to get back on track or I'm going to wind up going into a place that I'm not feeling good. I'm not sleeping well. I'm eating, you know, I'm eating the wrong things. And that leads me to something I think that's really important is the food that's out there for us. So again, simplistically, if you listen to your gut, like, you know, when you're eating food, that's unhealthy for you, you know, when you're eating food, that's wholesome and, and nutrient dense and, and, and healthy for you. So I think that like, if we can break some of those barriers down of, you know, what you should be eating, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what you should be eating less of. Mm-hmm. And if I tell people just try to do that one thing, like, for me, it might be wine. Let's just say, you know, I definitely through COVID. You know what I mean? Like, wine was definitely my my crutch, and I drank more wine during COVID than I normally do. A lot of but people. so what? Yeah, a lot of people, right? And next thing you know, you don't want to go to the doctor. And be like, well, how many glasses of wine do you drink? A bottle that <laughs> <laughs> night, a bottle. You know, I mean, like nobody wants to tell their doctor that. So like, I knew I was drinking too much wine, but I couldn't. I couldn't figure out a way off the treadmill of it. It was like a routine. It was enjoyable. It was my way of relaxing at the end of the day. So what I started with just one less glass, like just don't finish the bottle, you know, don't open the bottle at four, open the bottle at six, like just like small things that I would do that I'm like, of course, you're going to drink the whole bottle. If you open it at four o'clock by the time you go to bed at midnight or 1130 You know what I mean? So it was like over a long period of time. So I wasn't even feeling like high or anything from the booze. I was just adding calories. That's really all I was doing. So then I had to be kind to myself, but this is what you need right now. This wine is working for you right now. So at what point is it not good for me anymore? And that is only an answer that you
1: can answer yourself, right? So tell, tell me, how would you coach me? (laughs) <laughs> I, okay. So there's so much like goodness in what you just said. I like, I'm vibing so hard with you right now. So this is so amazing. So I think that there is such a double edged sword to exactly what we were just talking about before, which is that the body positivity movement, right? We can absolutely be more positive and accepting of ourselves and the bodies that we were in, but that also doesn't mean eating, French fries and pizza and having a bunch of like wine and cocktail every that's not what it means. It doesn't mean treating your body like crap. That's that's not the right balance. And so, um, I have people who will message me on Instagram all the time and be like, Oh, well, I thought that you came from this eating disorder background. You're not body positive. You say that you should, you know, eat leafy greens and eat health because what feels good to your body? Like, what, like, I think that there's if you think about trust self-trust, right. And listening to your body, it's like, okay, if you eat healthy all week and then you go or like healthfully, and then you go out on the weekends and you eat fast food and you go to a boozy brunch, how does your body feel after that? Recognizing what your body feels like versus what your body feels like during the week, you feel energized. You feel like you can, what goes into our mouth plays such a big role in how we feel. And that is a huge reason why only 14% of American people are metabolically healthy. And so when we look at that, we're like, okay, wow, there's no wonder people feel completely fatigued. Like they can't lose weight. Like they can't focus on anything because metabolic health is much more than just your weight. Right. right? Um, And so checking in with your body and just being like, okay, what do I feel like when I eat this and I drink this versus what do I feel like when I eat the crappy things and I eat the things that are not technically technically so for me. Right.
0: Especially on a consistent basis. So, because like, if I'm, If I pull up to the table and I open the menu and I'm like, I'm having the chicken Parmesan (laughs) and I, and I'm like, and then I, my, 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 you know, uh, brain says, well, you really shouldn't have that. You really shouldn't have the chicken Parmesan. Well, that's the one you got to ask the question. Like, do I really want it? Is this what I want? And, you know, is it going to make me feel good or is it, I kind of want it, but I know I shouldn't have it. If I eat it, I'm going to feel guilty and all that. The best thing to do is to eat more plants and less animal protein out the gate is the number one thing to do to change your life. Less sugar, less processed food, right? More, you know, cracked wheat, whole wheat, even whole wheat got a bad rap because of propaganda, right? If a whole wheat, if it says whole wheat bread, but you can mush it up into your hands in a ball, it's not the whole wheat we're looking for. We want hearty breads and grains, right? Like we just have to help people get back to basics, right? As health coaches, we're walking around dehydrated, you know, talk about metabolic disorders in America. I mean, we're dehydrated Americans. We're not getting enough fiber. Fiber is one of the most important things in our diets, but we get it from roughage and lentils and almonds and things people don't eat a lot
1: of. Yep. Only you're right. Only, I think it's only 14% of American women get enough fiber in their daily diet. That's no one. And like, you wonder why one in three people are walking around with IBS. Yeah, yeah, of course exactly. That's, That's irritable really- bowel syndrome because I mean think about
0: it when we're exiting our food it's a reason our digestive system works beautifully. It absorbs the nutrients that we need and it get, rids what we don't need and when we're ridding that stuff out of our bodies we are taking toxins and ldl cholesterol when we have fiber rich food. So I, it makes me crazy for people who get on like a ketogenic for an example, oh, you know what I mean? These you know these these kind of buzz words and you know, the thing is, is like you can still be on a keto diet and eat plants if you want, right? But where are you getting your fiber from if you're only eating steak and eggs?
1: <laughs> you know is that 100% correct? So it's like, I want to go back to that example that you said of the chicken parm, because I am of the belief that like, if I go out, like to, I don't know, we went out to this um, little like farm the other week and they had farm fresh donuts that they said. And like, I was with my son. If I want to have a donut, I'm going to do it. Cause I want to enjoy that experience because food is more than, yep. like you said, there's not such thing as good and bad foods because food can offer us more than just nutrient value. It offers us connection. It offers yes. us pleasure. So if I'm with my son and I want to do that, I'm going to do it. Right. But I'm also going to live by this 80, 20 rule of the next day I'm I'm not, or the next meal, I'm not going to, skip a meal. I'm not going to restrict. And I'm also not going to eat more donuts at the next meal. So what's the right. balanced thing to do? Maybe I have a beautiful salad with some chickpeas and avocado and something that's going to really nourish me right. and make me feel good make my body feel yeah.
0: good. You know, I, my kid loves sugar, like, like any other kid, right. you know, <laughs> but I'll buy him honest iced tea and I'll buy two gallons of the green simple. Iced tea, and then one of the lemon. Yeah. And he's learned that if he can sweeten it, if he wants to, but if I don't buy the lemon, he, he goes and drinks the green. It's like, it's almost like you eat what's around. Oh, so, you know, it's like, remember, like, you know, when you're shopping, if you're going to, if you know, you're going to eat it, if it's in the cover, don't buy it, you That's, know, help yourself, help yourself. <laughs> Most probiotics don't work. And here's why. To be truly effective, a probiotic must survive the trip from your mouth to your belly. Many probiotics die well before they get to where they're needed. Just Thrive Probiotics, they contain exclusive strains designed by nature to put up an armor like shell when conditions get rough and studies have proven that Just Thrive Probiotic arrive 100% alive in your gut and ready to go to work. And that's what I like. I recently interviewed Tina Anderson, CEO and co-founder of Just Thrive Probiotic on In My Heart, and we certainly agree that the key to our health lies in our gut health. Check out our episode and join us as we talk about how it impacts everything, your weight, your mood, your digestion, your skin, your sleep, and because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system, a healthy gut is truly the gateway to exceptional health. Support your sustainable routine with Just Thrive and get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use the code inmyheart at checkout. That's 15% off when you go to J-U-S-T-T-H-R-I-V-E health.com and use the code inmyheart at checkout. Get 15% off when you go to justthrive.com and use the code
1: inmyheart. Now back to my show. If I can give one tip on how to live by that 80 20 rule, it's like in our house, like well, that's what we, do. we eat plant based in our house. Like that is how we eat. We eat yeah. focused diet, like lots of greens, lots of vegetables, green smoothies in the morning. I don't really buy processed s- s- snacks and things yeah. like that and keep in the house. But if we go out and like I want to have something that's like a donut or something that is like that's how I live that rule because it's like, I'm not going to buy it and keep it That like a bunch of like ho-hos and cupcakes in my house. But if I want to go out and indulge once in a while, then I will.
0: Yeah, And that's in that way. Cause you know, it gives your children freedom at other people's houses too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like You know, a little bit of anything is good for us. You know what I mean? Like you can, you know, it's like experimenting, trying something new. I remember the very first time I ever went to a Kentucky fried chicken. Like I literally remember because it was just not a fast food restaurant that was near me growing up. And so I remember the first time I went, I was like all freaked out how to order and what am I going to get? And it was like this big experience. And quite frankly, I guess because I had never had it and I only had like real fried chicken at home or whatever my mom's chicken. I was like, ooh, I didn't like it. Yeah. My palate wasn't ready for it, but yet like a McDonald's hamburger was still delicious because I had had those, you know what I mean? But now let's talk about the changing of the palate and what, once tasted good for you compared to today, as you have changed your eating habits and you make different choices in your life, when you go for that Dorito, for example, or that devil dog, like, I mean, it doesn't even taste like food anymore. Right. I mean, it's not a choice I even want to make. I would never eat, even if the whole bowl is in front of me,
1: I could be starving and I wouldn't eat one. It's so funny that you say that. And I tell clients that all the time. And if they're coming from this place of like eating, a ton of processed food. They don't even believe me, but right. I was there once. I grew up in an Italian household where meat and dairy were like the center <laughs> staples. Oh, like man. that was what I ate. That was what I knew. And now that I tortore and cheese, baby. <laughs> <yes>. And it's <laughs> so like now scary. that I don't eat that, like two bites of it, and I'm like, ooh, like I okay, like my body wants. I I crave real food. I crave. Stuff that comes from the earth, um, and it's it's not a myth. Your body will start to absolutely adapt, and you'll want more foods like because your body knows how it feels after it consumes. Exactly. Things. And
0: also like beans, for example, you know,
1: are an amazing food and we don't eat enough
0: beans. Right. But people will notice like they're, they're all worried about flatulence. So if they eat yeah. beans is like that. The thing about the fiber and beans is yeah. The first, if you don't eat them ever, when you first eat them, you're going to feel full. First of all, from the fiber, you're going to feel full and you might create a little bit of gas, but the more you eat them, your body it, adapts. it literally goes away. And let me tell you the other great thing about eating clean food. Your poop doesn't smell and your farts don't smell. When you eat clean food, you don't smell. Your body
1: odors change. You You get rid of those toxins. You get rid of the toxins. Eliminating the toxins that cause the smell in the first place. Yeah. Clean food doesn't smell. When you eat clean
0: plant-based food, it doesn't smell. So, you know, that's like, I know you had an issue also when you changed your diet, your skin cleared up, you were having an issue with acne and things like that. Right. And you didn't, you're probably putting all these topical, you know, creams on your face and you
1: just needed to, you know, eat more plants. That's a hundred percent. it I, from the time I was in eighth grade through my twenties, had horrible cystic acne to the point where I was covering it up with makeup and Also trying to use different things like antibiotics and different gel. And I got also way to the point where doctors were telling me to take Accutane and, you know, it's, I I did take it to be totally honest for like six months, but I, that didn't even work itself. What worked finally, when I got into my twenties was changing my diet and changing my gut health. I also found out like around the same time that I was finding out all of these things about my health, like from my thyroid to my cortisol to healing my skin was that I was dealing with candida. And so it was that's yeast. Everybody, she was having too much yeast overgrowth in her system yeast overgrowth in my digestive system. And so that was fueling what was going on with my skin. And so I had to take out all of the processed junk. And once I realized that it was all completely connected and I started to fix my gut health, because what shows up in our gut is what shows up on our skin. So Nine times out of 10, if I have a client who is like, I have eczema, I have psoriasis, I have horrible acne. They also have digestive issues. Very, very, very connected. And so when I was like, okay, I'm going to start drinking a green juice. That was like, you said like one small change. Okay. I'm not going to overhaul my diet and like literally change everything in one day, but I'm going to start drinking a green juice. That kind of kickstarted me into. Yeah.
0: Alkalizing your system. Exactly. That's incredible. So the one small change and, and it will get you to more changes and get you a better place. And listen, there is no silver bullet. Like I eat, I, I I'm a, i am I call myself vegan. Sometimes I copy Jessica Seinfeld, but you know, I mostly eat a plant-based diet, but once in a while I'll eat, you know, some dairy. I like cottage cheese, stuff like that. Um, Or once in a while, I'll have like like now with the I mean, with the quinoa burgers and the bean burgers and the beyond burgers, like I never even think about, you know, a full Angus beef burger ever anymore. Um, But if I wanted like a cheeseburger or something like that at a barbecue, like, you know, I would have it. I'm just a snob when it comes to where my food comes from. Like, I'll only eat meat if I really know where it comes from. Like, I'd be happier if the guy went and shot the deer on my property and brought it over and I ate that. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's how I really feel about, you know, conventional farm food is just taking so much, stripping so much away from us as human beings unfairly, because a lot of people don't know the difference and they don't know that they have a choice or there isn't a choice that's available to him, them or reachable to them. So that's why I really like to talk about and, and, and advocate for, um, you know, organic f- food, you know, cl- shopping close to home, shopping the perimeter, staying out of the inside. Tell us some of the tips that you share with people about the food choices.
1: I think that those are all like great places to start because they're really simple, right? Like shopping the perimeter of your grocery store, the aisles are what is all filled with the process stuff, the, yeah. the stuff that's the crackers, the cookies, the pastries that are going to cause your body to be inflamed. So if you shop the perimeter, like you said, you're going to find things that are leafy greens, colorful vegetables, things that are whole, even, um, going to your, you know, grocer and saying, okay, what is farm raised versus what is, wild caught fish. What is organic meat? What is free range chicken? Um, those three words, like having those in your back pocket are really great because when you're not buying meat, that's that way. Cause a lot of our population isn't like us. They're not plant-based and that's okay. Cause everything, everyone, every something works different for everybody. If you are still eating meat, having those words in your back pocket, free range, organic, wild caught, that is going to ensure that you're not getting those hormones and those antibiotics and all of those things injected into your food that are going to cause you to eventually feel like off balance, going to set your
0: gut off balance. And you know, there's a couple there's a company called butcher block. Yep. So, cause a lot of time butcher block is organic meats. You go to butcherblock.com. I've read ads for them on my podcast in the past. And a girlfriend of mine um, is using, she's single mm-hmm. and she's like, it's so great for me because I don't have to search around the grocery store for like what's grass fed. And sometimes it's sold out and I can throw, it comes right to my door. I put it in my freezer. So I'm happy that there are new options out there for people. You know, I remember like I used to work in Minnesota and like, you know, in the middle of Minnesota, like you cannot get an organic raspberry to save your life. You could have a thousand dollars in your pocket and you couldn't get one. Yeah. So, you know, it was like some people are really, um, struggled to meet some of these, you know, I almost extreme, they could almost call us extreme, you know, eating rules. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, what am I supposed to eat? But it's really not that it's making sure that your gut is in balance. So uh, one of the things I like to share with people is that we, we change the way we eat. Um, as we have evolved as human beings, we used to pickle and store our food, right? For the cold winter months. Yeah. And so we, we used to think we need that. Like when we're eating, when we drink a big glass of orange juice, our body, all that fructose, our body's like, Ooh, I must store this fat. Cause winter must be coming mm-hmm. like the way that the human body reacts to food hasn't changed, but the food has changed. And the way we're eating our food has changed. So that's why in beyond fresh, my organic food line, I came up with the apple cider vinegar. That was delicious. Because it was not sustainable to throw that back, but it's such an easy way to get your
1: butt, your gut, your butt and your gut in check. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I, and I was literally just telling another client um, yesterday, like, at, at a great way to add like fermented apple cider vinegar. Like, so I love that you yes. have that as part of your line. Yeah.
0: So fermented foods, pickles, sauerkraut, like, you know, mm-hmm. I say eat a pickle with every meal. You know what I mean? Like it may not go with your chicken Parmesan, but then have like, definitely have vinegar on your salad, you know, vinegar, things like that. So, how, I mean, I could we could talk for hours and hours. We have to do this Instagram live for sure. Yes, I love but that. I want to talk just a couple things is that you know, exercise is important to the body because muscle is what we need to you know build our strength, right? But muscle also burns fat, yep. so we need to have muscle is really what protects our bones more than the bone itself. So you just talk a little bit about exercise and light exercise or what you feel about exercise. And then I want to make sure that I find out when you're not helping people out, how do you find your freedom on your own? Like, what are things that make you
1: tick that make you feel fulfilled and free? Those Mm -hmm. are two things I want to ask you. Yes. Okay. So great questions. One is when it comes to movement, um, my philosophy was so for so long was, Cardio, cardio, cardio. I want to burn as many calories as I can. Oh my gosh. That is not my philosophy anymore. Because when I did that, my body was actually holding on to weight. It was like in fight or flight mode all the time. And I was at my heaviest when I was doing an hour plus of cardio every day. And that's not to say that I don't love going for walks now, but it's just so much more low impact than like all of the running and the Ridiculous. laying
0: in a pile of sweat. I used to go to the trainer and come home in a pile of sweat. I used to sweat for an hour after my workout and I'm no better. I was no better off than doing Pilates and brisk walking and things like that. Different types of exercise.
1: Yeah. So over COVID over the, I mean, uh, the, the span of quarantine, I actually became a certified Pilates instructor because I I found that that was the type of movement that really worked well for my body. Um, I love things like Pilates, yoga and walking because they are low impact because they allow women's hormones to stay nice and balanced and they don't put us into that fight or flight mode that we're already kind of tipping on the edge of for most of us because we're trying to be mom and work and do all of the different things. So if we have movement that is effective at building lean muscle and that will burn calories that uses our own body weight as resistance, but also is not pushing us into that place of like, it has to be an hour and it has to be so rule-based and so rigid, um, and we can enjoy it like yeah why not not? i love that you said so what i pilates
0: i'm new to pilates but i'm addicted to it and um you know i know people sometimes people get turned off on it because it's expensive and you need the reformer and the whole nine yards but what I learned about Pilates, and you said mat work, yoga work, things like that, it's so efficient because the movements are so finite. They're small. You're really, you're really focusing in on you know, either your sits bones, your, you know, your butt, like it's tiny little movements. So one of the things that I learned, and that's why I asked you the question, because we, we agree to this philosophy, is, is that what used to work for me or what I thought worked for me, like you know, lying in a pile of sweat, th- those types of things... I'm strong, I might be heavier than I, you know, I normally am, but I'm just as strong. Strong. I could go climb Kilimanjaro tomorrow if I had to. (laughs) And, and I do Pilates and I'm not running training, like running for the marathon or anything like that, but I'm still just as strong, if not stronger. And I'm seeing definition change in my body, even though I'm heavier. See, right. I used to think I had to see definition and if I had to, you know, become real thin, you know, I'd be like anorexic, like there's my definition, you know? <laughs> and even so, what I noticed about my body too, when I was at my very thinnest, like when I was ran the New York marathon or I was climbing in Nepal for 16 days and I was really, really thin, the issues that I had, like the fat under my arm or the what, like the, they it never went away. I could literally be like anorexic and it would, that's part of my DNA. You know, so either got to love it or go talk to the MediSpa and do something about it because, you know, but I did find Pilates, the smaller exercises are actually what's working, okay. moving those ligaments. Like I even do this thing where I go, like, I, I open and close my hands over my head in the morning in bed. Do that 20, do that for a minute. You guys put your hands over your bed, let your shoulders and just open and close your hands, your wrists and arms and elbows get so tired. It will be on fire. fire. <laughs> so it's like these so little great. tiny things. So I love that we're talking about that because I, and I, I, and before we end, you got to tell people where they can find you because you're such a plethora of resource. And that's what I think is important. Like knock on the door, find a local health coach. Definitely. They're there. If you want to get over a barrier or get through something, or you just know something's wrong and you can't figure it out, but you also are a resource that they can come to globally, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And so, so tell us where they can find you and tell me how, how you find your freedoms outside doing this great work that you do for us, ladies.
1: You're so sweet. Um, Thank you. So I, for me, it, I have to start my day with some sort of, Movement, some sort of mindfulness. Otherwise, it is thrown off. I have to ground and anchor myself because for so long, I would grab my phone immediately and then I was on everybody else's time. I was like putting out all the fires and then I was not aligned in what my own needs were. And so, even if it's not a full meditation or a full workout, because I have a two year old and he wakes up and sometimes it does not go or the way that with I your work. schedule. Yeah. I will. <laughs> (laughs) sit in my bed and I will ask myself, okay, what do I need? What is one thing that I need more of today in my physical body, in my emotional body, in my mental body, in my spiritual self, in my social self, what is one thing that I need less of today? And how can I honor that for myself in a really small way? I would love to do 20 minutes of meditation and 20 minutes of movement. That would be ideal before he wakes up. So I get up at six when he gets up at seven, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And then nourishing my body in a way that feels good. Like we've talked about through this whole episode that That's like the last thing for me that is so, so key because I used to be so fatigued all the time, as you know, from like my thyroid issue that now I know that the way that I eat, what I eat, how I eat, how I guide clients to eat has such an impact on how I feel in my body and what I can accomplish in a day that yeah. like, that is a really key thing for me. So movement, meditation and meals, like those are my, those are my things.
0: Well, uh, I love that. You said that you, you fought, you ask yourself like, okay, at the end of the day, you kind of take inventory of your day for you. And you're like, what do I really need right now? And if it's like, you know, and I, and I think the shifting of what do I need versus what do I deserve Yes. I think we get stuck in that. Well, I deserve this piece of chocolate or I deserve to drink the whole bottle of wine or I deserve, you know, to have the chicken Parmesan. No, it's what do I need? And if it's the wine you need or the chocolate you need or the chicken parm you need or it's more water yes. or it's to lay down and meditate yes. for a minute or to go give yourself a facial masks or, yeah. or, or to lay in a bath, all of those things could be what you need. And you yeah. just have to ask
1: yourself and listen to yourself, right? So true. And it's like, sometimes I like, I'm nine months pregnant right now. So it's like- I know, I was going to say, you got a bun in the oven. I want to talk about that too
0: for those people who have babies. I didn't work out when I was pregnant. It was the biggest mistake I made.
1: (laughs) Really? I would think that you like- your background, you totally would have, but
0: no, nope. I, I think because I had, um, I had the right to do all I wanted to do. Cause I was like, I, my first baby Jack's, I gave into all my cravings and I had this really large pregnancy. Like I had a, you know, I had both my babies were eight pounds, but I gained an enormous amount of weight with Jack's and I just kind of went with it. Yeah. I allowed myself to go with it. And then with Ella, but what I didn't recognize is I think, cause I was so uncomfortable Like, I mean, the idea, and plus I was working for Beyonce. You should just see me going up and down the stage, the sound stage. I mean, people thought that baby was going to drop right out of me. I was doing like splits. I was running my ass off, Mm -hmm. but so I was so busy, like physically at work that I just, I didn't do it. And then the shift was with Jax from Ella is I ate much less. I was much more disciplined and not allowing myself to slip into the cravings, but I still gained the same amount of weight. So it was my DNA, but what I noticed about the working out part was like the tendons, like for anybody who's ever had a baby before, when the baby, when your belly stretches and that baby gets in that you get a burning sensation in your loins. And I know that if I had done more yoga, more strengthening in my body, that that would have been less So I just, if anybody ever thinks about stretching, yoga, being in touch with your
1: body when you're pregnant, tell them mama, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's so important. I mean, for me, like getting on my mat and even if it's just like I said, like you ask myself, what do I need more? What do I need less of? I used to think that like, even when I had, after I had my first son, I was like, okay, I want to get 20 minutes. And some days it may like, what I need more of is maybe more stretching and less like intensive workout. Some days it might be a more vigorous workout. Some days it might. So it's a really great way to check in with yourself. But what you're saying about the movement is like, I truly believe that if we are active through pregnancy, again, honoring like what we need day to day because it's going to change, but still making sure that we move our bodies, like our bodies are meant to move. And so when we stop, it can be so much harder, not only in terms of giving birth because Pilates is so helpful in terms of Core work, core strength. So the yeah, core strength is there, and opening up the hips to give birth, but also in the recovery postpartum. That's why I love it. It's such a great workout for women. So it it's really, great.
0: really is. It's fantastic. So I just want to thank you so much for thank being here. You. So tell everybody
1: where they can find you. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a wonderful conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Yeah, sure, <laughs> we're so going to do that live. Can. For sure, we have to do it. Um, but everyone can find me, um, on Instagram. I am wellness by Kelly. My website is wellnessbykelly.com. Um, there are all the ways, the different ways that you can connect with me. DM me, learn from me. All of those things are all listed there. So thank you to everyone. You're
0: K-E-L-L-E-Y, right? E-Y, yes. Yes, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And the other thing that I wanted to say just before we close this, because I think it's so much useful information, but the one understanding that I have really figured out for myself, and it doesn't mean that it makes it any easier that I know, but just knowing makes it a little bit better to be kind to yourself is that when you make sustainable changes in your life, instead of dieting and yo-yo dieting, but you actually start to live the lifestyle, it becomes so much less restrictive. You normally on a day say, oh, this is what I need today. So I don't have to do that. And I thank you so much for being with me today and all the reminders that you shared and I, and I wish you a speedy, speedy and beautiful delivery, but I'm sure I'm going to talk to you before then. Thank <laughs> so you thank so you so much to my guest, Kelly Nirmo. This is in my heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow me at I am Heather T and don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. Cause we're going to be at you next week with a new episode. Thanks so much. Thank you.